Hello and welcome to Soul Work with myself, Trudy Stroud. Okay, for those of you that are new to my podcast and listening today, I am an intuitive and intimacy relationship coach and the next few podcast sessions will actually be interviews with women that have gone through abuse and harm in relationships and how they're supporting themselves through those experiences in order to teach those that are perhaps currently still going through those abusive times in order to find the courage to leave and to empower themselves on their terms. So Without further ado, we have Jennifer here today who's going to talk about her experience being in an abusive marriage, also with her children, how that possibly impacted them, how things began, and what she's doing now to help herself and those around her. Okay, so I'm just going to hand things over to you, Jennifer. Thank you, Trudy. Um, Hi, I'm Jennifer, and I'm really humbled to be part of this podcast series by Trudy. And I'm very happy to share my story. It actually is the first time that I'm sharing the whole the whole story itself. Um, so I'm still kind of nervous, um, but let's just start. I have been married to my still husband. We're going to hopefully get divorced soon um, uh, for 13 years. And we got two kids. They're now um, seven and 13, two girls. And um, I have been in this relation and I didn't have a clue that it was abusive. I, I just didn't know. And um, so if I can do anything to help just one woman to, to realize that not everything is her fault or, or even a, a man, just the partner to, to realize that not everything is your fault, then I'm really happy. So I met my husband in, on vacation in Mexico. He's Mexican, I'm actually German. We met, uh, we spent a couple of days together before I went back to Germany to back to my normal life. And we kept in touch. And at one moment, he told me, you know what, you're going to come back and you're going to marry me. So there was not even a question. He just told me. (laughs) And looking back today, I'm like, whoa, that's a big red flag. But at that moment, I had no clue. I was just, wow, really nervous and, and things. And, and this is also one thing, when, when you look back, you notice all the red flags. When you're in there, there, there's no way you see them. You don't understand. You don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah, so I did that. I, I left everything in Germany and I moved to Mexico. And at one week after I got there and I moved in with him and I, I really didn't know him, I got pregnant. Two months later, we married. And so that was it. And for me, it was like this dream come true. You know, my parents have been pressuring me that I, you know, I'm 30, I should get married and have children. And I did that. I married this very attractive guy, very charming. Like he looked like he had everything figured out in life. And so I did that. I married him. I got pregnant. Everything was perfect. Well, that's what it actually looked like from the outside, but it was not. Um, Very soon I started to see his real self. So he started drinking. He started hanging out uh, on the weekends at nightclubs. I was obviously never allowed to go because I was pregnant, so I had to stay at home. And so things got kind of messy and ugly, and and I was always the one staying at home, waiting for him to come back, listening to his excuses, and always thinking, you know, it's just he has to get used to it. He, 
he just needs to adapt to, to this new stage in life. And I always found excuses why things are not the way they should be. And I thought, you know, I, I have so much love for him. I can make it work. I really want him to be this man that I saw. And, and yeah, so this is, I, I believe I am able to, to heal him. Of course, I wasn't. And things just went on like this. My, our daughter was born and um, nothing changed. <laughs> so one moment I actually was allowed to, to join him on one party over the weekend. And we went there, we had something to drink and I, both of us, and he started flirting with this girl and I kind of got mad. And I talked to him and I'm like, I don't, I don't like what you're doing. And he got mad at me and we both got in the car because we agreed to leave. And he started hitting me like in the face with his fist. And it was uh, really ugly. I tried to get out of the car and he ran after me. He got me back in the car and he, he kept on hitting me in the face. And, but he still was driving home. And when we came home, there was my, my mother-in-law with the baby. And she woke up when I was hiding in the, in the bathroom and he smashed the glass door with his fist. And when she came, he obviously stopped. And the next morning, well, I just went to bed because it, it, I was just in shock and I went to bed. And the next morning when I got up and I saw my face in the mirror, there was no face anymore. And I just, just started crying and I didn't know what happened. And I just felt so alone. Then his mother came and, and she, you know, she put me things on my face and we talked about it. And in the end, he said it was all my fault because I kind of freaked out because he was just talking to this girl and I totally overreacted. So in the end, I thought, well, it's it's my fault. I I overreacted. He said it was not that bad. He did not hit me that hard, but my face well, said something else. But still, I felt that it was my fault. Mm looking back from that, if, if a friend of mine would have told me this story, I would have screamed into her, into her face, like, it's of course not your fault. Nobody is allowed to hit you, to hurt you physically. That's do whatever you want to do. You can be like a mean person, whatever, but nobody is allowed to hit you. This is, this is me talking to a friend, but this is not me talking to myself. Yeah. So you know, you forgive because you still believe in, in the great story of love and love can heal everything. So I forgave him. Things just went back to normal. We kept on doing this for the next two years. And over these two years, there was a heavy financial abuse as well. I had still some money from my from what I did in Germany. And in the end, I, I gave him everything. Like there were so many promises not fulfilled so many lies that I didn't just, I didn't want to accept them. He was asking me, like, there were so many times that he just told me, you know what, the bank has an issue. I cannot get the money from the bank. The, 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 the ATM is blocked. And oh, of course I can get it for you. I give it to you. And he never, never one time gave me the money back. I gave him the money to buy a car because he was having some issue with the bank and I never got it back. Oh yeah, the car, by the way, disappeared. So it disappeared. It was when, when we bought it, at some moment, the car, the car was gone. Yeah, some so constant lies and empty promises yeah. and excuses, yeah. We are still obviously in touch. We have two kids. Mm. And so still the other day, I gave him $25 because he told me that he doesn't 
have anything with him right now. I know I'm not getting them back. So it's still that um, being in an abusive relationship, even if you if you leave it, you still have those habits in yourself that where you, besides knowing better, you still do it. I don't know really why it happens, but at least I know giving it to him, I know that I'm not getting back that money. So um, at the end, I didn't have any money left. So I was in, in, in Mexico. There, I had no family and friends there. I had no money. I had even, because of the whole situation with him, uh, a really bad relation with my mom. She came one time to get to know the baby, to visit us. And it was. I think it was just ugly for her to see what's going on. And I didn't want to see her perspective. I just blamed her for not being open to a new culture and, and made up all these things, you know, to protect myself, to not having to look into the mirror. Um, yeah. So after three years in Mexico, we made the decision uh, to move to Germany because I, 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 was, I was kind of done. I, I didn't have any energy anymore. And also, well, he his businesses had a lot of trouble. We didn't have money. There were days where I didn't have money to buy milk for my baby. That was also another part that, like, being in such a situation, coming from a wealthy country like Germany, it's, like, impossible. How can I tell my, my parents that I don't have money to buy milk for my baby? It's, like, that just doesn't exist in, in a European world, at least for me, where I grew up. Yeah. So there was also a lot of, a lot of shame where I have gotten myself into and and I was not able to talk about it in the end we we moved back to Germany the three of us and things kind of changed because um, I started to work I'm an interior architect and he stayed at home basically taking care of our daughter so and I started to uh, evolve within in my in the different jobs and and in the end I had a really an amazing job um, with really a very good income and we had this nice apartment in front of the lake we were in the end we were living in Austria and you know it's just beautiful with the with the mountains and like it was like a fairy tale and my mm. good looking husband staying at home taking care of the kids. And, and me being this very independent woman, you know, developing herself uh, in a business environment, that was what it looked like. And that was what everybody saw, but nobody saw what was really going on. Not even myself, I didn't see it. I just knew the whole time that something was wrong, with wrong with me, that I, you know, I was, I was talking to myself, what's wrong with you? Why can you not be happy? Why are you always so sad? And And, there's so many comments to an abusive person like he told me so many times what's yeah you you you're bitter what's wrong with you why are you so bitter and and why are you not more funny why don't you laugh about my jokes because he was making so much jokes that hurt me and when i when i couldn't laugh he was like oh come on you're so bitter what's wrong with you yeah and all these these small things that an abusive person in well in my case he told me so many things and i took everything in and, and I, I wasn't able to to have this this boundary like no you, you got until here and not you're not gonna go further i just took everything in and i felt like i felt like the worst person like i cannot do anything correct 
all I do doesn't work and, and it's not enough for him, not enough for my kids. I was trying to do everything to make them happy, to please them. Yeah. I totally forgot about myself. So there, there were really a lot of the moments where, where I felt totally empty. Like there was no energy left inside of me. I, I thought, you know, I should go to therapy because I cannot handle that. But I, I said, you know what? I don't have the money to do that. I made a lot of money at, at work, but the whole family made sure we spent all of it on them. I was paying for a seven week tennis vacation for my two kids and him. It's like crazy. So it was a huge amount of money, but I didn't have like 50 uh, euros to, to be able to go to a therapist. Come on, this is ridiculous. How, how can I even, you know, right now seeing it from my perspective today, it's like crazy. You always put everybody else first and your own health. You, you just don't care about it. Yeah. And, there, there were also those moments where um, when I came back from work, so they were at home, I came back from work. I felt like there was this, this, this bonding between my older daughter and him. And he kind of always told her, you know, who do you love more, mommy or daddy? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you shouldn't say that. We all love each other the same way. And yeah, my just, ex-husband used to do exactly oh, the same. Oh, God. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's not cool. It's, it's not nice, you know, and you, you, t- you tell things to your kid, which they're not real because we all love, uh, you know, the same yeah. way. It's parental alienation. It's in order to yeah. kind of then, they're yes. not just getting other adults to kind of isolate you and work against you, but also the very, the little people that have your heart. And that's why they do it. I know, I know. I At that time, I didn't have a clue. I just yeah. thought I'm just boring. I'm a boring person. All I do is work. I'm, I'm not enough. I, and, and so, yes, the, 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 the alienation started right from the beginning when she was born. I just didn't know. Luckily, my second daughter, he was totally focused on the first one. So luckily, my second daughter was still my, you know, my, my, she was my help, actually. She was the one that, yeah. that was always looking for, out for myself. She's not supposed to be that, but it, that's what happened. Yeah. So there was this, this team, which was him and my older daughter. And when I came back from home, sometimes they didn't even say hi to me. They were doing things and it just ignored me. My younger one, she was coming running, hey, mommy, you're back. So she gave me the love that nobody else gave, gave me, not even I myself. Yeah. And I felt just really bad because I thought, what's wrong with me? My, why doesn't my daughter love me? Because she was really pushing me away. I know she did that because of what he was showing her and she was imitating him. Yeah. Again, I got, got to the point where I was really empty. There was nothing inside of me and I was just giving and giving and giving. And then at one moment, I didn't have anything else to give. I had suicidal thoughts came up because I thought, why am I here for? I'm not doing anything correct. So um, there were a couple of moments where I had those and I reached actually out to him and I told him, you know, I think I need to do something because there are moments where I am thinking of just harming myself. and. He laughed at me and he said, don't be so such a drama queen. Oh, and then the topic was done, you know, that was done with me. And he just told me, I'm just realizing that now I totally forgot about that. Um, 
that he told me, you know what? It's like my ex-girlfriend, the one, oh yeah, he had a baby with his ex-girlfriend. She's already 18, which by the way, my daughters, they don't know. He doesn't want to talk about it. Oh. And um, yeah, he told me, you know what? It's just like her. She was just the same way. And and I didn't realize, I, I just, it didn't make, you know, now it makes click like, oh my God, he's talking like, like that about his, girlfriend the, the mother of his other daughter it's not it's not like all of us are crazy and all of us are are suicidal no it's it's something you have to address it but at that moment I just didn't that was yeah I just couldn't think yeah so that topic was done but of course those thoughts were coming back and and again then I had stress at work and it was really a bad situation but I told him, you know what it's I'm done I cannot go on like this anymore because I was afraid I was afraid of what I would do to myself and when you have kids, there are those thoughts. No, I cannot leave them alone. If I if I'm not here anymore, who's taking care of them? So that was actually the reason why I didn't do anything. And um, so I told him, you know what? I'm done. I cannot go on like this anymore. And, and at work, the, the company was being sold, uh, so there was a lot of movement. And we said, you know what? I'm gonna quit my job. And then he said, okay, then let's go back to Mexico because I cannot make money here and I cannot um, be responsible for my family here in Mexico. So by the time we moved to Mexico, which is now two years, two and a half years, I think, yeah. Our daughters were five and 11. Um, and I thought, yeah, you know, it's okay. It's, it's gonna work out. They have to get to know their Mexican roots and yeah. I can start to take care of myself. So. I was kind of excited about this change. The plan was that we would move first to move to Mexico to live in his mother's place. She has a big house. And until we get stable, because there was, yeah, there was no money left. All the last money that I had, I used it for the flight tickets for the whole family because the, the financial abuse just went on. I, I got a lot of money, but everything was spent. He started this um, importing business with stuff from Mexico, where he just was w working on the weekends, of course. And, you know, he had to travel to nice places and, and you know, uh, distribute his stuff. And of course, I would pay for everything. And I, I paid for his taxes. I paid for the accountant. I just did everything. I don't know what he did with the money he made but it didn't go back into his business so at the end when when we moved i was done i didn't have anything left i asked my parents again for money and i'm like oh, i'm in my 40s and why do i have still to ask my parents for money that's just really embarrassing yeah but yeah we came to mexico we didn't have money so we had to stay with his mother and then things kind of exploded uh they totally ignored me i was not part of the family anymore she took over my role. Um, nobody would even talk to me. Only my little daughter, the older one, she stopped. She, I was, I felt that she left me. I was not her mother anymore. She took on a very strong relation with her grandmother, and they uh, inscribed my older daughter in a school, and I was not part of it. I didn't know where the school was. I was not part of when the, she was. She got registered, and. They just left and then they came back and they told me, yeah, she's now uh, in a school. And I didn't have a clue where that was. And I was just there, you know, by myself, feeling a pity for myself. And I didn't have the guts to speak up. And at one moment I told him, you know what? I feel like you don't see me anymore. And he said, he, 
yeah, every time I started to tell him my my feelings, that was like the whole 13 years. Every time there was an issue and I, I tried to express my feelings, he just turned them around and, and he put it back on my shoulders. He blamed me like, like, it's my fault. You stop talking, you stop communicating and you're crazy. It's not true. You're part of the family. You didn't do the dinner. That's why you were left out. Like, come on, that's crazy. But that was what happened. So I, I stopped talking. I, I really, I stopped talking to him and I just was there. I was existing. And I think if, if it wouldn't have been my younger daughter who was really looking out for me and always there, I, I would have just disappeared. So, and, and there was this final moment where I totally freaked out because they were leaving. I didn't have, well, he took my two kids and they were leaving on the morning and with, a, with his mom and I didn't have a clue where they would go. And I was afraid that he would take them away because this was always something that he told me when we had those moments of discussion of fights, he told me that he will take away the kids. Yeah. So, this one moment, moment, morning, he they they just left with the car, but he had to come back because he forgot something. And I'm like, where are you going? What are you doing? Just tell me. And I and and he didn't. He just blamed me. You you're being uh, such a bitch. You're being crazy. Of course, I was crying and I was hysteric. And and I I broke down. I I fell on the dirt floor and I was there crying. I I was shouting so loud. There were it, after that I saw that I had so many red thoughts on my face because I was crying and, and I think it just I don't know what happened but it was just really bad and he just left me there on the dirt he went and I was alone there was nobody I didn't have friends because of, he made sure that I wouldn't connect with anybody else and I was looking in the mirror and I'm like what is happening and and I don't I don't know why but I I think at that moment I I no, that it was not. No, that's not true. I didn't make up my mind then, but before I was, I was in those in those days. I was googling a lot because I tried to find out what's wrong with me. I was googling so much. Why cannot I be happy? Why am I not sufficient? And there was one page where suddenly the topic narcissism came up, and I read it, and it made like, whoa, that sounds a lot like me and him. And yeah, and and from then on, things started evolving I started to investigate more and and then but still this this event was happening where I was crying so much or shouting but I knew at that moment I already knew maybe it's not all your fault and this is where I made up my mind that I have that I have to leave and whatever happens I need to get out there out of this this place out of that home because otherwise I would just die a hundred times I tried to talk to him and see if we can we can fix it, but it was obviously it was not possible. And at some moment I started to apply for a job at the other side of the country. And they said, yeah, you can come, but let's let's talk. So I told him, you know what, I got a, jo a job offer and uh, I want to check that out. I didn't tell him that I was thinking about leaving the family. So um, I went there, I had the interview with them and they said, yeah, you can come. It was a, a retail, a, a, how do you call that? Real estate agency. Um, yeah. So I, I went there and in the end, they said yes. And in the end, I told them, you know what? I think it's, I have to leave. I have to leave you. I have to leave you, your mother uh, and, and I'm out of here. And he, well, he did not agree, but 
uh, it was obviously that I would do it. He said, you're not going to take the girls. And I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. I, I have to take them. And he was threatening me with so many things. He told me I would call, he would call the police. I would end up in the streets of Mexico. Like he would do everything. And, and it's unfortunately, it's, it's the truth here in Mexico. If you have money, you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And they have, his mother has money. They have connections. So I was, I was really afraid, but somehow, I don't know why and where this, this strength came from. But I did it. And in the end, my my younger daughter, she wanted to come with me. She said, it's okay. I want to stay with mommy. My older daughter, she did. So yeah. I had to leave her with him. And this broke my heart. Yeah. And um, she didn't even want to talk to me. And so we went there and we went to this other city. We, we took a flight and everything. We even took my daughter's little dog. I lent again money from my parents and I started to, to create something, a new life for me, still learning and reading a lot about um, narcissism. And I had some, some, I found some girls online that have kind of the same experience and I was talking a lot to them. I was educating myself a lot, but still I was suffering a lot. There was no day where I didn't cry. My daughter, she was always there for me. She told me, mommy, don't cry because you actually look ugly when you cry. You know, she was, she was making fun of me just to make me laugh. Oh. <laughs> but, but still, things didn't work out. It, I couldn't do the job because I didn't have a car and I didn't have the money. So I was just living there with, through the help of my parents. And I made some connections with some friends. Um, and they were kind of helping me, but still I was not, I was so broken inside. And I missed my older daughter very much. She didn't want to talk to me on the phone. Yeah. And I went to the German embassy if they can help me, but nothing, nothing worked out. And um, I made the decision to move, not back into where they were, but closer. So I moved back and I got an online job. And then he came with my older daughter to make things work. And I believed him. So he moved in with me in the apartment that I rented with no money, of course. There were days where I had the, the strength to push him away, but there were other days where I just wanna, wanted things to work. And that's what I, what I saw that there's so many women out there, even if you know that this is an abusive relationship, because at that time I was aware. You take them back you try it over and over again yeah so a long story short um in the end after a couple of months more and after a couple of dramas and bad situations i said you know what i'm gonna move out of my own apartment again and i don't want you to to be here anymore i just want you to leave me and it didn't happen. I moved out and went to a new apartment and he still came. He still came. He was not my, I was separate. I, I felt separated and he slept on the couch, but still he was there. He was asking if he could stay overnight because his apartment wasn't done yet. The kids, you know, for them, they need to go to therapy. I'm so sure because all of this was, imagine you're a kid, what's going on with your parents? It's like, they, uh, it, it just makes them crazy and they, and they suffered, they suffered. I can tell that. The situation between me and my older daughter didn't get a lot better because of, he still kept doing what he does to make sure that there was no bonding to, to influence her a lot. And I was not the mom 
that I should have been at one moment, I realized it that I was not there for her because I was I was too weak. I was just trying to survive and I couldn't fulfill my role as a mother. Mm. And um, when we moved here, it's it's a small beach town. There's this there's the ocean. We have huge beaches. So I started to walk. I started to walk a lot in nature. I started to listen to podcasts. I started to 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 journal. So a lot of things because I didn't have the money to to go to a therapist. So I did what I could do through online resources to work with my emotions and it helped. But after one year, I still had this strong bond to him that I couldn't tell him no. I thought now I don't know I don't know what else to do. I did all the positive thinking. Oh my God, I was the, the most positive person on earth. It did not work. Did not work. <laughs> and and so and and by that time I have made a few friends here. Um, one of them is my neighbor. She's also a single mother. And she told me about this therapist. And when she told me that her therapist would uh, read her astral chart, I'm like, mm, that sounds interesting. That's like <laughs> a different approach. So I got, I got hooked and I talked to her and then I decided I didn't know how to pay her. Um, and I talked to her about this. I said, you know what, I, I just don't know how to make it. And she said, once you take the decision to invest in yourself, the universe will give you the money. So I trusted in that. I don't know how, but I used my credit card basically to pay her. <laughs> and since today, <laughs> I am able to pay her. I don't know how, but it's it's working. It really is. And yeah. she said, you know what? Uh, it's amazing that for the first time, you, you put yourself first. Yeah. Giving me this therapy was the biggest step ever being able to talk to somebody who couldn't give me some guidance was, I think that was what in the end made a big change. Yeah. All this self-therapy, of course you can work through things. And, and during this, this self-healing time, I, I found that I had like this big childhood drama, drama, which I didn't know about. So there was a lot of things that I, that I found out by myself, but I still couldn't heal. So I made the decision to go to therapy. I started to see things different. And one major moment for me was when, and it's not, it's not, it's like a few months, few weeks where I actually could forgive him mm -hmm. and everybody else, including me. And I saw the beauty in, I think it was actually in one of your sessions, Trudy. <laughs> where I realized that I can see the beauty in what has happened to me because all of this made me the person that I am. And I'm, I'm, I'm really a different person. And I know that now I'm really, I'm following my true purpose. I have never done that. I have never done it. I've always fulfilled everybody else's expectations. Yeah. I actually realized that I'm grateful for what has happened for all the stuff that I had to go through because this made me who I am today. So letting go of the hate, letting go of the, of the fear and the shame, that was where my life started to change. And it, it's, I don't know, it's 
two months that my life is taking a whole different direction. And yeah, it's, <laughs> I wish somebody had told me years and years ago that, that um, it's not all my fault that I'm in an abusive relationship. But then again, I'm, I would not be the person that I am today. Exactly. And sometimes we have to take those little kind of nuggets of wisdom. And that's what helps us to forgive our past and to yeah. then make different choices going forward. Yeah. And I have I have to add that just last weekend, I bonded with my daughter on a level that I never would have expected. So even those things where I actually I accepted that I would never have a relation with my daughter, which is yeah. I, you know that you you're a mother. That's like oh, the yeah. reminds me of my eldest. Oh really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we're we're finally the last kind of few months. Um, things are feeling so much so much better. In fact, she actually woke me up in the middle of the night just because she wanted to talk to me. Oh really? You know, it's those moments that just mean everything and you remember them and yeah for me just I don't know like I think two two months ago she just suddenly came when went out of her room she hugged me and she told me I love you I haven't heard those words by her I I think since she was a baby I haven't heard those so I was I, I said, you know, that's, I'm on the right track. We're going to get there. And, and this, of course, this pushes you, this pushes you to go on and, and to be strong and also yeah. to be a role, a role model for them, because I was so afraid, you know, what would happen, you know, what are we showing to our kids if we stay in a relate in an abusive relationship? Yeah. This was also something for me that that was pushing me to to stand up for myself because I want my daughters when for some reason if they end up in some relation like that, I want them to be strong and I want them to have their boundaries to have their limits and to feel sufficient with self worth. Yeah. I want that for them and and I they will not follow my follow my my um, how do you say that much my recommendations if I'm not living it yeah we have to practice what we preach for sure right that's it yes so um things are getting better but yes we have to let go of the fear the shame um the guilt and we have to start to heal and i don't know it's there's i you know when when i started the self-therapy and i got into all those um groups on facebook I was astounded how many people are living in abusive relationships. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. It's really bad. And, and I, I don't recommend those groups because there's so many, so many negative feelings. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, for me, it was part of the growing because I connected to some women and, and they, they helped me to understand what was going on. But in the end, I feel like right now, I don't really care about him anymore. This, this abusive person that he is, he has to deal with it, not me. Yeah. And, and also what I see that, that when you're in an abusive relationship and, and you, in my case, I was a codependent. I was, I was doing everything for everybody else. And, and also I was a manipulator through that. But just to, to focus on the other person, it's not the way that you will heal. 
just let them be call them whatever you want to call them let them just be it's their responsibility to heal to change whatever you have to take care of yourself and that's all that you're responsible for i really understood that and it changed my life that's a perfect way to just bring things to a close now because until we learn to take responsibility for ourselves then nothing can change both the abuser and the person that's the the victim of that abuse and you know what I think that's the greatest gift you can ever give yourself because as you've seen in your children you're already breaking those cycles because you had your daughter come and say to you I love you that's everything it is for me it's like when when you feel that nothing in your life goes wrong and you're you're just making one mistake after another so what what really affected me was this negative self talk so mm-hmm. start to be aware of how you talk to yourself yeah cuz i will oh god i said so many bad things to myself and and it's like just imagine if if you would tell a friend would tell your story to yourself the recommendations you would not accept any of it no. and so sometimes it's it's needed that you step away and you change the perspective but i know that when you're inside it's in, I, i've been there for 13 years so <laughs> no it's yeah, not that know. easy yeah it's it's not easy it's not overnight it's not. beginning to consider how you talk to yourself you you can do that in a moment and yes it takes practice but eventually over time you realize okay these these words are actually beginning to affect how I feel. Do yes. I really want to feel this way? I mean, like you said, you you wouldn't speak to your best friend or even your daughter in that way. So why do we do it to ourselves? Yes. You know, there's a consequence to it. Like there would be a consequence if you were to speak to your nearest and dearest that way. But I just want to say thank you for sharing for sharing your story. Without a doubt, I know that there are some women and even possibly some men that will be able to resonate with what you're saying and hopefully begin to put those practices in place like just looking after yourself a little bit more and being mindful of how you talk to yourself and there's there's one thing this whole situation with the kids i know that there are a lot of those cases with this uh, alienation yes Um, what my therapist told me and this really resonated with me a lot she told me you know what sometimes your kid has to go through all of this. And sometimes there has to be this rupture. Sometimes there has to be this cutting of the connection to the other parent because that's their path and you have to let them go. Yeah. It's very hard, but you have to have trust that things will work out and you just have to be strong for yourself. And sometimes there are those moments where you have to focus on yourself. Yeah. And you have to let your kid go so she can be there. Just make sure before you go, you tell her that you're always, well, in my case, you tell her that you're always here, here for her and you always will love her no matter what. But then you have to let her go. And if she chooses to go the other direction away from you, then you have to accept it. But trust over time, she will see you and she will see you blossom. So for me, this is a, has a lot also been about trust, the person I am, because I think I'm, I'm, you know, everybody, if you want to be, you're beautiful inside. And so you, in the end, at some moment, it will come back to you when, when you're starting to heal, things will fall into place. Yeah. So yeah. never lose hope <laughs> <laughs> and um, just work on yourself. That's, that's the only thing I can tell yeah. and focus on yourself, not on the others. 
That's perfect. Thank you ever so much for for being here today. And if anybody else wants to reach out to myself, then please do so. And if you want to follow more sessions, then please subscribe. And if you feel called to, please give us your reviews. Thank you ever so much. Bye for now.